welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that's perfectly balanced, as all things should be. I'm your host, Max Mosier, back again with you on episode 97. Grateful you're here, wherever you're listening, however you're listening. Thanks for making us part of your podcast experience. I'm here today with two other Infinity Bros. First, it's Infinity Bro Isaac. Isaac, welcome back. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm having a great weekend so far. I'm still full from Friendsgiving yesterday. Um... Like literally we ate at like 1.30 p.m. and I was full the rest of the day. Didn't have to eat supper. I was fine. So yeah, and then today uh, my wife and I do not have our children. So we went out to eat by ourselves and it was amazing. I uh, haven't had a date night for a while. So, so yeah, it was a great night and I am full from date night. So it's been a good couple days as far as eating goes. Yeah, that was a very detailed answer for how you're doing. <laughs> he went into it, yeah. I did, you know, like I'm feeling full, I'm feeling satisfied. It's been a good weekend. Good for you. It's, it's no, good. No, that's fine. It's yeah, it's, it's a humble brag that your parents took your kids after Thanksgiving. Yes, yes, it really is. That's what I want the Infinity Bros universe to know is that I am having a great time. These, especially Robbie. I want Robbie, Infinity Bro Robbie, to know that because he was a little salty last night that that uh, we were getting our kids taken care of for us. So yes, we we as a Infinity Bros, except for our, our next guest, who I'll introduce mm-hmm. in a second, all got together for Friendsgiving. It was wonderful. Wherever your Thanksgiving was, hope it was a great Thanksgiving. But uh, this bro was not able to make it, but he's able to grace us digitally now. And I can't think of a better person or guest outside of maybe Matt Fraction himself to be on this wow. episode. Wow. It's Jarrett Curtis. Jarrett, how you That's doing? That's high praise. I'm doing praise. fantastic. High um, praise. I don't know. I don't know how to follow that. Uh, uh, okay. Do I need a chapter book like Isaac did or can I just say I'm doing good? Just do the Sparks Notes version. I think we're going to hold Isaac from this point on to like 140 characters like Twitter because <laughs> right. that was a very Facebook-esque that's true. That I did reveal a bit too much information with that. I'll try that. to refrain from that next time. <laughs> he just shouted to the heavens, I am doing great, <laughs> and I don't care what you think. <laughs> the kids are gone <laughs> in your face, world. Suck it, everybody. Jared, how you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, like Isaac, I had like 50 plates yesterday. Um, I made this joke in chat, but like, Thanksgiving Jarrett is what Joey Chestnut checks under his bed for. I put on like 35 pounds yesterday. Um, so yeah, I'm doing a wonderful. And not to mention, you were like you were like fired up when we were talking about our Thanksgiving top foods. Like Jarrett was getting very spicy in chat. I loved it. That was fantastic. If you guys haven't listened to the latest episode of the Infinity Bros Podcast, episode 96, I believe it is. We did our top five Thanksgiving foods, and yeah, it got it got pretty intense. Controversial takes for sure. It got heated, and like the whole argument about macaroni and cheese, I have seen people fight for that in other spaces that that didn't really watch our podcast or listen to our podcast, but we're fighting on this, including Matthew Judon of the NFL. He said it's just macaroni and cheese, like literally grow up. And Jared and I had a big fight uh digitally over that so we we're gonna try to we're gonna try to break bread today over that and um but it was a great thanksgiving and we're thankful you're here and, and if you're listening we know why you're here there's a reason you're here this thanksgiving you were also thankful for hawkeye episodes one and two the newest disney plus series a series based on the marvel comic superhero hawkeye centering on the adventures of adventures of young avenger kate m bishop who took on the role after the original Avenger, Clint Barton. It, it is stars Jeremy Renner, Haley Steinfeld, Florence Pugh, Tony Dalton, Vera Farmiga, Fra Fey, Linda Cardellini, Alex Ponovic, uh, Pute, Peter Ad- Adamski. Blah. I have not had one drink tonight. I have had a cup of tea, and I don't know how to say that <laughs> word, guys. Forgive me. Uh, Ava Russo, Alequa Cox, and Brian Darcy James plays Derek Bishop as we found out in episode one I would imagine that there's going to be some other people but we will talk about those later I think I accidentally may have spoiled one person being in this I apologize we didn't put a spoiler <laughs> on the front end of it. Uh, but apparently according to AMDB somebody will be on that that I wasn't supposed to say it'll Please. be fine nope somebody the the spoiler police 
Zane's already angrily typing. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he's like the first one to watch it at 2 a.m. He's like, excuse me. Actually, you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> the best part about Zane watching anything is you get a 105 um, a.m. message yeah. in the group chat that says, Hawkeye episode one was great. Starting episode two now. And then it's Mountain yeah. He's like, have you guys seen this yet? No, we just woke up, dude. Like, <laughs> come on. You're one of like 500 people that actually stayed up to watch yeah. this psychopath. It's going to be there for the rest of the time. Um, it was released on December 1st, 2021. I want to make sure I give credit as well to the writers of this. Forgive me. How am I missing this? Usually I have it like it's like. IMDb is weird right now. Why is, oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Directed by Burt Birdie and Rise Thomas. Uh, it was written by Tanner Bean, uh, with Jonathan Igla being the head writer as well. Uh, executive story editor was Katrina Matheson, and then Heather Quinn was also a staff writer. Hawkeye was obviously created by Don Heck and Stanley. Getting another credit, Isaac. We talked about this last episode with Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just oh, keeps yeah. keeps rolling on the credits, man. He's yeah, can't do it. And uh obviously uh this is interesting. And uh, gosh, I, I don't know if I should say this one, but they're giving him credit. So I'm Please. just gonna go ahead and do it. So I'm gonna say a spoiler. If you don't want to hear this next thing, this could potentially be a spoiler for this. So I'm gonna just say skip head 15 seconds. Um they're they're also crediting Jack Kirby and Joe Simon for creating Captain America. That's wild. That's an interesting, yeah. Hmm. That's very interesting. So, uh, but forgive us. Usually we give spoiler reviews, but apparently me reading the IMDb thing today <laughs> is just a lot of spoilers. Forgive me. It's I did spicy. not think it would be that big of a deal. But here we are. Um, uh, if you've never heard our show before, we want to make sure that you're familiar with our rating system and how we rate things here. So I'm going to go ahead and put the bumper for that right here. Here on the Infinity Bros podcast, everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale. Zero meaning horrible, and six meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a six, it gets an infinity step. And then additionally, I've already spoiled one thing, I guess, but I want to make sure that everybody is familiar. We will spoil everything around episode one and two. We will also talk, we have a thing called Little Bits we talked about on the show, where we might talk about big bits. We will talk about rumors that are potentially surfacing online, they could be spoilers. They could not be. So it's not really a spoiler, but it is a little bit. But we want you to know that we are spoiling everything from episode one and two and crediting. And we've already done that already. So this is your final spoiler warning. This is. Prepare yourself. An Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. <laughs> warning. I cannot believe that the credits gave us two spoilers, Jared. That's wild. That's off the chain and it's crazy because the credits and and we've been talking about this ad nauseum the credits have not given any due to uh david aja whose artwork they ripped off constantly throughout this series um the the artist for the original comic run that this is based off of they gave credit to matt fraction not david aja and now they're giving credit to uh the writers of captain america wild unprepared for this well, and and also with Aja, it's basically the whole, all the post credits. Oh yeah, right? and I guess not post credits. The, the the end credits and the intro. And the, yeah, and this the intro. is Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah, like wild, just wild. Yeah, it, it's really fascinating. It has been fascinating. So, um, so we talked about our rating system. I want to start with the person that needs to start us all off on this is Jared Curtis, who is our biggest Hawkeye fan. I think maybe the best Hawkeye fan we've ever had on this podcast outside of Justin Musso. Um, Jarrett, I want you to go ahead and rate two things for us. Rate episode one and episode two. And you can kind of lump them together for your thoughts so far through the series, but give us your rating of episodes one and two. Sure. I mean, it's got to be a six out of six for both of them. Um, We talk about how they adapt comic books to TV shows and movies. And I wasn't sure how they were going to do this one uh, because it does a lot of things very well in the comics. And I think they did all the same beats in a very different way. And it worked for the MCU. Um, Because if you were to take the comics and carbon copy it into the TV show, 
it would have fallen flat on its face. Not because it's not a fantastic run, but because it doesn't work in the scope of the MCU that they've built. I was wondering how they were going to do this, and everything they've shown me thus far has paid off. The first episode was a little slow, but I was still here for the whole thing. Um, the fact that they took some of these characters and flipped them and spun them in a different way, and I think they're going to okie-doke us down the line with a couple different characters from the comics. Um, I am genuinely excited. I did not expect to be surprised by this series, but here I am. Fantastic. Six out of six. I'll go next, Isaac. Um, I also am going to give this a six out of six. I was telling you guys pre-show. I'm going to be very interested to see what nitpicks people have with this show because through two episodes, my wife and I were absolutely rolling, like slapping our knees, laughing so hard at six to eight of these jokes. This is such a great casting of Haley Steinfeld. It's so clear that she will carry the MCU in this position moving forward. If if they do make the choice to pivot from Jeremy Renner at the end of this, I not only welcome it, I think it's the best exit of any of the Avengers personally already. Just by her two-episode portrayal. And I've read the Matt Fraction Hawkeye run. Jared obviously recommended it. And I bought it right afterwards. But I really know little about this character past that. I cannot wait to dive into this character. I'm, I, we got a lot of episodes to talk about, so we'll talk more about that. But her portrayal is great. Jeremy Renner has great comedic chops. In the movie Tag, that is his best acting work in regards to comedy, outside of anything he's done in the MCU. And this felt like Tag combined with the Avengers. That's what this felt like, that style of comedy. And I just really think this is great. I, I echo a lot of what you're saying, Jared. I cannot believe how much... Matt Fraction and Aja's run have impacted this show. I'm oh, yeah. floored. I'm really floored at like, it feels almost, it's the most beat for beat comic to TV show so far. And you're right, Jared, Age of Ultron really did mess up the character of Hawkeye. And people were upset about it at the time. And this feels like Kevin Feige kind of trying to rewrite that and apologize for that and look back at a mistake and say, let me, let me fix this error. I really got to give props to this. This is a huge delight. I was not like over the moon excited to watch this, to be frank. It was like, oh, I'll watch it Wednesday evening. And I walked away just absolutely blown away. Was on the edge of my seat at the end of the episode, too. I think the LARP scene, I know Isaac's going to have a lot to say about that scene. The LARP scene is one of the best scenes so far in all of the MCU uh, TV shows that we've had. But I, I as well will give both episodes a six out of six. And I am so pumped for next Wednesday. Cannot wait. It will be very, 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 very long week. Isaac. Yeah. So coming into this, I mean, I was really excited about it. Jarrett, I mean, you are the one that also turned me on to the Matt Fraction run. I started reading that and I did not put it down. I read the whole Matt Fraction like Hawkeye run in one night because it is fantastic. And I'm I'm not even really a big Hawkeye fan, but that comic run is one of the best ones I've ever read in in my entire life. So if you have not read it, make sure you go check that out. Uh, Marvel Unlimited has a great deal. You can just read a ton of different comics for like I think it's like ten bucks a month. So um, that and they or, usually have a Black Friday deal or a Cyber Monday deal, which is happening right now. Yeah, yeah, or Comicsology. Make sure you do that so you can read that run. It's it's amazing, and. Like Jarrett said, every single thing they've done as far as promotional, um, you know, stuff for this show looks exactly like uh, David Aja's art, which is incredible. It is a travesty that he's not getting, you know, credited or, you know, compensated for for this. But man, and it is one of the like it's one of the most iconic like you know covers and like the art style itself too like the, that I've read it's it sticks out like it's not your typical comic book art uh that you read on a daily basis so i mean i love that they are going beat for this like the intro fantastic like just amazing i 6 out of 6 both of these episodes infinity snap for um both of these episodes 1 and 2 i think this is the best intro we've gotten for an mcu show so far so far and I did enjoy WandaVision's, like, I know Max obviously has talked a lot about how he did not enjoy those first few episodes of <laughs> WandaVision. But I I think those first few WandaVision episodes are awesome. But I think these episodes are better. They do such a great job at setting up the show and setting up, um, 
uh, Kate Bishop's character. Like, I love everything about it. And they do take some different directions just because they're in the MCU. It's a different universe. Like, they have to kind of adapt the storyline at where they are in the story. But... I, I mean, you mentioned it, Max. I think this is Jeremy Renner, Renner is going to be done as Hawkeye at the end of this, and Kate Bishop is going to be Hawkeye, and they're both Hawkeye. That's kind of like the famous thing in the comics. They're both Hawkeye. Uh, but she is going to be like Hawkeye moving forward. I think Jeremy Renner is going to like po- possibly be done in the MCU. Like His character arc, like he's tired of being Hawkeye. He just wants to like chill with his family. Like that's just, I'm assuming that's what we're going to get more of this, um, this, uh, show because this first episode, he's hanging out with his family, like trying to spend family time with them. He doesn't really want to get involved in all this stuff, but he sees the Ronin suit and he's like, Oh crap, that's bad news. I got to go fix that. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think this show is going to be the best, mcu show out of all of them i'm already expecting it to be my number one mcu show i love loki that's that's my number one as of right now but it is it is going to be overtaken quickly i think and yeah see i'm i'm not ready to give this more than loki right now and, and again we got to talk about the the show itself we can debate which is better down down the right and it's the first six, two episodes I, so i'm not like yeah. there yet i'm not gonna say it's the best show ever because we literally haven't seen whatever it is eight episodes of the show so i i think it will be though by the end of it because is it is it eight or six jared how many episodes is it? i don't know they've been like nine I believe eight it's or nine six because renner is care is, is it six is credited for six so i'm gonna assume okay it's six. yeah yeah that would make sense then yeah it's gonna be a short series jared did you catch the easter egg from daredevil Yes. Okay. So there's, let's talk about this. I want to, before we talk about anything else, this is so big and this is the one show that could put daredevil in it. So let's talk about it. Go ahead, Jared. Are you talking, if we're talking about the same thing, are you talking about the reporter? No. Okay. I'm talking about a different Easter egg. You tell me your Easter egg and then I'll do the episode one of Hawkeye, the hotel where the party and underground auction take place is in season three of Daredevil, the home of Wilson Fisk. You can look it up. It is the address 455 Madison Avenue, New York, New York. Oh, yes. I did not it catch is exact, that. I will, I will have a link in the show notes. Go yeah. look at it. No lie. I've actually it's, got it's, one it's when like, Jarrett gets done with his, too. But it's not, it's not really in the episode. But keep going. It's too on the nose. I feel like they're totally teasing Wilson Fisk in this series. It's He has to be in it. I know he's not credited on IMDb. Thank God. But I really feel like he's going to be in it. There have been little bits and rumors that he was going to be in this show and and show up at some point. I, I think Robert. he has to show up just given the context of they've and they've been the talking to. So so my thing is there's a reporter that is seen with the he's the guy who tells him that the Ronin suit's been you know out doing this stuff and blames everything on Ronin. Um, he's in a ton of stuff, including Daredevil. Uh, he's also in Amazing Spider-Man Two and a bunch of other stuff. So that's the connection I thought. And then obviously, like, um, we're getting deep into episode two spoiler territories, right? But we see Echo at the end of that. Echo yeah. is not a Hawkeye villain. No. Um, she has ties to Hawkeye via Ronan, but that is 100% a Daredevil character through and through. Yes. 100%. And so, like, it's feasible. It's very feasible. Okay. And then leading off of that, um, I think I actually retweeted it on the Infinity Bros Twitter account, but I, I saw this tweet of this person who sounded like they had some inside information that Wilson Fisk is going to be in episode five of Hawkeye. Now, obviously, that's not confirmed, but like this person was talking as if it was fact. So, like, we see Wilson Fisk in episode five, and it better be Vincent D'Onofrio. If it if it isn't, that would be just it will. An awful. No, it, it it will. It it if and we've heard the Matt Murdock rumors. Yeah, we've Spider-Man. heard them flying around. Like this. Oh man, I am. If this happens, I am like just so pumped that we're finally getting all of this wrapped together into the MCU. Pop quiz, Isaac or Max, you guys can answer this before Hawkeye. What was Matt Fraction and David Aja's famous run? Haven't a clue. Isaac? Uh, well, I mean, I think I mentioned before that I've seen that they worked on Iron Fist. They did the immortal Iron okay. Fist. Okay, all right. And so if 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 this is wildly successful, and I don't think we'll see David and or Matt Fraction, David Aja's Iron Fist anytime soon, but I think if this is successful, 
we can see Iron Fist being brought back in, hopefully Punisher. I mean, the casting on those, uh, people caught flat, caught heat for, especially Iron Fist, but I loved it, man. I loved the Netflix series. I thought they were fantastic. Yeah. Especially Daredevil. Man, they have to bring Daredevil back. Yes. Back. Yeah, and we'll close this book on this because if you're listening, you want to hear more about this show and, and talk about it. So all I'll say with that, and, and I think to close it on that is, we all agree that bringing at least the Defenders, maybe not all those characters and actors specifically back, but the Daredevil and the Luke Cage and, you know, um, uh, Vincent Wilson Fisk. Yeah, that's going to be a win. That's going to be a Absolutely. win for this series. It's going to be a win for the MCU. And we're just hoping that that happens. So let's talk about episode one first. Um, episode one starts during the Battle of New York in 2012. We meet a young Kate Bishop. We meet her father and she witnesses Clint Barton battling the Chitari and immediately aspires to become a hero. She watches his iconic moment where he jumps off, turns around, fires the arrow up, swings down and probably breaks his back going into a room. And uh, Jarrett, did you love going back to 2012 with this character? It was so great. So, so two things about this scene. One is, and I don't know why nerds suck. Gatekeeping nerds are the worst, but people are upset that um, one of the Russo daughters plays that young Kate Bishop. Okay, I, I'll i interject. Yeah. I think the young Kate Bishop is fine. I think the Russo daughter that plays Hawkeye's daughter is not doing a good job. Yeah. Oh, if wait, I was, was to Hawkeye's, give yeah. any blemish on the show right now, it is her. Her acting is very poor. People and, are wildly upset about that. The other thing yeah, that I did like, though. I would echo that I think it's bad. So the the literal opening scene of the comic book is him saying, I know this looks bad. And he's firing that arrow up and swinging and crashing. And that's the scene that they pulled off in Avengers. And I loved it then. And I love it even better this time around. Because it gives us that nice connection between him and Kate. Um, and, and like the fact that this whole thing happened in New York. I was wondering how they were going to tie them together. That's the perfect way to do it. That's absolutely yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, it was. And like I personally, when we saw all of those different scenes from different parts of the MCU and in Avengers Endgame from a different perspective, I thought that was fantastic. I love going back and seeing those scenes from a different perspective. Like we see Kate's perspective of what's happening in New York at the time. She, we see like a different camera angle of Hawkeye doing that and falling from the sky like that. I thought that was just fantastic callback. I love, 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 love when they do stuff like that. And this is what I've said the MCU needs to do in the context of all these big stories. You need to continue to talk about other people's perspectives from these stories. It makes going back to the first Avengers now have more depth. When he fires that arrow that hits that Chitari and it blows that Chitari up. That scene will now carry more weight moving forward. Oh, yeah. Because we know that Kate Bishop is going to be watching that right. from another angle. And it's it's the similar thing to Spider-Man when in Civil or uh, in the first Spider-Man movie when it's his clip of him in Civil War and it's him flipping in and saying, you know, what's up, everybody? Like, that's the kind of stuff that the MCU can always pull back on and always have success with because... That's what world building does. And, and when think, when we get to see the first Avengers, when they're all done fighting the Chitari and they're going down like the elevator and stuff like that in Endgame, like that, oh, I love that scene. Yeah, so it's great. So good. It's great. And and I'll get to this, Jared. You, you spoke on it, but I'll, I'll talk a little more in detail now about this. Barton spending time with his children was great and going to um, – the musical, which I think we all love. <laughs> Everybody loved the music. Uh, the, and, it was and we'll so talk about funny when he, when he turned off his turned off his hearing aid. aid. Oh, so great. And, and he's like, yeah, talk about that. Let's, we, need to, we need to talk about that in just a second. Oh, We're going to talk about that. In a, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that in a second. But I just want to go back and close the book on, on the actor, Jarrett. I, I am not somebody that thinks that the show is completely ruined because of her poor acting. I will say it could hurt down the line, though, in an emotional scene. Because it's clear that they're trying to have her be the be the weight carrying kid of the three kids in terms of emotional stakes. And I think that is a pickle for this show that if I can't believe her in episode four, when things get dire or episode five, that's going to be hard. There so is I, it, that's, yeah. a, that's a nitpick, but it's a reality that this show will have to balance. There's there's some baggage to this that inverses everything we know about the roles of Kate and Clint in the comic book in the comic book. Clint is a mess. Like he is the most unhinged, 
life not together version of a human being that can possibly exist. And Kate is like, in fact, the comic says it like Kate is perfect. She's got it all together. She knows what she's doing. I feel like they sort of flip this on its head a little bit where like Clint feels like the more responsible, like trying to do the right thing. And Kate is just like met her hero and doesn't know how to hold herself right. together. She's just flying by the seat um, of her pants type of thing. And I think that was a brilliant, brilliant choice. Absolutely. Because every single young Avenger that's been inserted up to this point has just such a strong, um, they're, they're just very confident in themselves. And to be frank, some of these characters need to lack some confidence because that's how you have character development. And that's how they feel more relatable. I just think I'm really, really excited to see her dabble with other people because she's going to be like over the moon to meet random people, much less the Avengers. She's the like, she's like the appetizer of like what we're going to get, I think, in Miss Marvel. We're like, Miss Marvel is the oh, like. Yeah writes the fan fiction exactly is like yeah but she she is like halfway between that and the young avengers that we've seen thus far i think i like that they flipped the arcs in that context fantastic i think it was a good choice i think that took a lot of guts to do it these days because the big demand right now in comic book movies is more female presence and so i do think there are going to be some people that look at this and go oh how come kate bishop doesn't have it all together in this context in this context and I think that it's actually a very, very smart, strong move. And I am just drawn to her now. I am cheering her on from the get-go, from five minutes into this move, this this show, excuse me, watching her watch Clint. I'm in. I'm like, I want her to win. My first introduction to Haley Steinfeld is in the god-awful Pitch Perfect 2. That movie is horrible. The acting, the writing in it is, is horrible. I was like, this girl's never going to get a career in acting. And then, like, continue to impress obviously holy cow is she gonna carry forward in the mcu she's killing it with this i was a hundred percent wrong and i will eat my words till the end of time she's doing phenomenal you did say in earlier episodes you were worried about her so Mm -hmm. make sure you check those out so Jarrett, let's talk about this revelation isaac you talked about it we know we find out he's already deaf we find that out like there's no moment where it happens this was the question mark coming into the show that a lot of people had was when is he going to lose his hearing? And the explanation for him losing his hearing was not only brilliant, but another quick sidestep that just allows <laughs> the story so to move great. along. I couldn't it's believe so how good. brilliant it was. It was so fun. I laughed out loud. I was like, that's perfect. Yep. That's perfect writing. Great job. Yep. Jared, go ahead. They do. And, and this is one of the things I loved about the run to begin with. Um, they talk about accessibility, especially if, okay, I'm going to take two two minutes and just do this for you guys. Buy this comic book. I don't care if you like superheroes or not. If you're listening to this podcast and interested in this stuff in any way, shape, or form, buy this comic. Go check out Aja's Scarlet Witch covers and his Karnak covers to see if you like this art style. But, like, buy these comics. Anyways, issue 19 is all about Clint being deaf. We don't see words. A lot of the normal comic book stuff is thrown out the window. And they do a good job talking about sort of how he interacts with this disability that he has and it, how it doesn't make him any less a hero. They sort of do this, and I think they're going to do it more and more through the the run or through the, the episodes, but they do this so phenomenally. And then the fact that they got a Lakwa Cox, I don't know how to say her name. <laughs> I don't know how her name's pronounced. Really right over that. <laughs> yeah. The fact that they got a, a deaf native actress uh, who has a prosthetic um, and that they're talking about Clint being deaf they could have easily skirted that, and I think nobody would really have bat an eye except for maybe a few comic fans like myself. But the fact that they're choosing to include this, and not only that, but give proper representation uh, in the form of Echo is the casting there is so good. Oh, and the explanation for it, like you said, perfect. Keep Let, it short. Let's save the Echo talk for down the line. We yes. got a lot to talk about. We got to get through it quick because we're, we're trying to keep this episode a little shorter we could talk for three hours on this guys that's the reality of our of our yeah. podcast here um bishop attends the charity auction after breaking the bell at her school firing arrows <laughs> another hilarious scene great character development i love this character i i i, I cannot stress how much i've loved how they have written her in did you um, notice the name of the clock tower no, I did not. It is Stain Clock Tower in honor of Obadiah Stain. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. 
Nice. Do they know what they're doing? Right. They wow. do. Yeah. This is just like, I mean, this is why you love Marvel stuff, right? Oh, um, it's so good. Uh, she obviously meets back with her mother and learns that her mother's engaged to Jack. Uh, and then underneath the gala, she stumbles onto a black market auction and she sees things from the remains of the Avengers compound from New York in the Battle of Endgame. And we get to see Ronan's sword and Ronan's suit. Uh, and we get to see Jack, uh, her potential new father-in-law, or our stepfather, excuse me, um, <laughs> try to buy this stuff. And Jarrett, tell us your thoughts out the gate on this. And then Isaac, I want to hear, what did you think about the battle that she had in, in a very clumsy battle, but still showcasing her moves? So Jarrett, go ahead first. Do we want to talk about who Jack Duquesne is? Like from the we comic book perspective, that. is yeah, that spoilers or okay? Jack Duquesne is the the swordsman. Like he is the he is a villain in the comic books, and his whole thing is swords, right? And his ties to Hawkeye are deep. Um, in fact, he's the reason Hawkeye is Hawkeye. Um, prominent character in the comics from the Fraction Run all the way through has a lot of interaction with Kate Bishop. The fact that they made him this role is such a good subversion of my expectations. I knew sword the swordsmaster sword master would be in this. I did not know how they were going to do it. And the fact that they put it into this scene so early and like constantly talk about his obsession with swords and and sabers and his collection of ronin sword. Fantastic. This whole scene was unbelievably good. Before we get to Isaac, do you think Jarrett there's a chance that we find out that he is related in some capacity in the context of history to Hawkeye? Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye, I, excuse me. I think no. I, As much as I love the original story of how Hawkeye became Hawkeye, um, they've never touched on his brother. They've never touched on his upbringing. Um, and it would be a little weird if it was like, oh, surprise, this is the guy who raised me and we're all carnies and this is how I got my abilities. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. as much as I love much. that, I don't think it plays here. I hope they have some connection, but I don't think it'll look the same as it does in the comics. Isaac, what did you think of this battle? I mean, I thought the battle was sweet. And like you said, it is, you know, it's not like Kate Bishop has it all together and she's super um, succinct and, you know, knows exactly what to do. She kind of like grabs the suit, puts it on. She's like, I got to do something, but I don't know what it is. So she just like starts kind of making stuff up, putting stuff together. And it's lucky that it is the, the Russian you know, mafia that she's fighting. Cause if there were some like martial artists and stuff in there, she probably wouldn't have made it out as well as she did. So, uh, but yeah, I thought it was, thought it was a perfect for, you know, like you mentioned before, Mac character development, like she still is able to take these guys out and get out of there and, you know, find lucky the pizza dog, which is one of the best parts of the show so far. Um, but yeah, like I, I thought it was like perfect. Like we need to see some of this Kate Bishop like learning. Like she already is a really good martial artist and archer and all this stuff. And we do see that, but we also need to see her like, hey, she has still has a lot of stuff to learn. And I thought that was like a perfect intro. But the fight scene itself was sweet. And like the fact that she puts on the Ronin stuff and all the Russian mob guys know who she is, is like whoa, or Ronan, who Ronan is, that's, that was a really cool connection. I, I thought that was like, yeah, this is, this is going to be, this is going to be good. We get our introduction to the tracksuit mafia members <laughs> and some beat her up. Some she beats up. It's kind of a mix of both. I really enjoy the portrayal of this, Jared. I know you're just foaming at the mouth over these guys. being in this <laughs> So <show right> good. <laughs> they just like represent them perfectly. They're thugs at best but comical, even just like when Hawkeye later at their, at her house throws the fire back at the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, oh, so the good. cocktail back Perfect. At, at them. Just like, it's so funny. It's they're just so goofy. Um, she escapes to her apartment, rescuing a stray dog. That is lucky. The pizza dog, which is one of Jared's favorite characters. And one of the characters I've been looking forward to most to seeing in this show. Um, and Bishop discovers that Armand has been murdered in his home after they, uh, before she gets back, to her house with Hawkeye. Uh, and then as she's cornered by the tracksuit mafia members, Barton shows up saving her and goes, wait, you're a kid. <laughs> yeah. 
and it cuts the first it's episode. So Thank you, God, they gave us the first two episodes this week. Yeah, that would have been... been a very difficult cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, that would have been tough wait. Yeah. Uh, Bishop takes Barton back to her apartment. Uh, and we and she's attacked by the tracksuit mafia. And Jarrett, the apartment is like straight from the comic. Again, it's, like yeah, it's uncanny how much it's like this comic. It's exact. And um, I did not think they were going to adapt some of this stuff. I thought like we might get some version of the tracksuit mafia. The fact that they say bro like <laughs> yes. five times give is, it is to so me. good. Give exactly. it to me. The apartment Ugh. is so spot on. Like. They have the coffee pot from the famous yeah. Ah Coffee No. Like, yep, it's everything. The, yeah, her holding the pizza up to her head when yep. she gets bumped mm-hmm. is an exact rip from the panels. Like everything was so good. Also, I think I said Swordmaster because I have Taskmaster on the brain. It's Swordsman. I know that before Zane types at me in the comments. <laughs> yeah, no, we we you can send us an email to the Infinity Bros. Please send me hate uh, We will delete it. <laughs> um. The other thing that I didn't talk about earlier was um, uh, Clint sees on the toilet a um, Thanos was right inscription. And also on, on, on is uh, sipping a mug. I believe it's at the beginning of episode two. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to say that. Then he, then later he's sipping an, a Thanos was right mug. So not only in our universe is there a group of people that believes this, but there's also a group of people in... <laughs> okay, how so how wild is it that like a meme in the real universe has made it into the mcu like that is just that is mind-blowing i love that talk about fan service at its best so great there's an interesting take too that i think if you're so for instance in the context of the falcon and the winter soldier somebody made a really great point they said being an avenger is interesting but again the mcu really does some interesting political dialogue and they and in falcon and the winter soldier we remember the scene where um, Sam is asking for a loan and the loan officer asks for a selfie with him. Yeah. But won't give him the loan. Then we see in Hawkeye episode one, Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye is out with his family and he gets his meal paid for and then gets asked for a selfie. It's just interesting the dichotomy there. Um, I don't know if Marvel necessarily meant to make that statement there. But it was a very just in the context of how people view things in the United States right now, a very interesting thing. I'm not I, forgive me if I'm making it political to you. I just saw that that was from Straw Hat, and I thought that was a very interesting. And the th- Thanos is right. It, feels very like I hate to put this out there, but like QAnon anti-vax. Exactly. That's it something really, people. Yeah. <laughs> just it does feel like some of this stuff just is political commentary. Wherever you stand on the subject, I'm not judging you. Or trying to tell you what to think. I'm just making a point that this show really is making political dialogue and commentary. And if you're into that or really against it, that could affect your viewing of this. And I thought that that was just another layer that the Avengers get asked for selfies, but they can't get paid. It's just interesting how Mm -hmm. that works. They get their meals paid for, but they literally can't get paid. Um, The pair is forced to evacuate, leaving the Ronin suit behind. And after relocating to the apartment of Bishop's aunt, uh, uh, Barton, Sends his kids back home and his crappy daughter who can't act to, to save her life. Um, <laughs> she's so bad, guys. I'm telling you, like she could make this show down the line not be in the context of a big that moment where she's got to land yep. a line. If she doesn't, it's going to hurt this show. It's my only fear right now of this show. It really honestly is. like it didn't it didn't distract me that much. Like I, I it wasn't like it wasn't great, but it wasn't like so bad that I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't like her as an actress or anything like that. So I don't know for me, it wasn't, I didn't think it was that bad. That's fine. I'm just, I'm making a point of it's a threat to this show. And it's like, it, it was a pure nepotism moment in the Hawkeye run. Or, excuse me, in the um, end game uh, moment, forgive me. But it just feels right now like, Oh, that they maybe should have taken more time to cast an actress. They maybe should have thought that through a little more. I thought, um, going back to my notes forgive me while you're talking Uh, about that i'd like to they they do that interesting thing and you talked about it with the selfie and all this in the comics clint is trying to get recognized as a superhero he's constantly mistaken for iron fist like he he is just striving for some sort of recognition as an avenger in the comic or in the the tv show i feel like they inverse that which works so well with him as ronan in the guilt that he feels from being ronan and also like 
everything that happened with Natasha, that he like doesn't see himself as a hero. In fact, we talk about this later when they do the LARP scene, like he doesn't see himself as being inspiring and Kate touches on it time and time again. He doesn't realize the impact that he has. Yeah, true. And I think that'll be an interesting way to go about this because it's clear too that they're really lean. You have got to watch Black Widow to really get this, to have this show have more weight. Mm -hmm. And and so, watch un- past the credits of Black Widow. Oh yeah, totally. Well, the other thing is, I so I like to watch the Legends thing. So if you don't, if you're not familiar with Legends, on the Disney Plus app, you can watch these six to ten minute clips where they will recap individual characters and their journey of how they got to whatever you're about to watch. So they did this like even for Shang Chi, where like the Ten Rings, they they had one for the Ten Rings and. It's just a really, really great thing for if you if you're like my wife, for example, she likes the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but she doesn't keep track of everything like I do. So she forgets. And so she so we pop that in. She goes, oh, yeah, that did happen. You're right. That just helps her jog her memory and allows you as an audience person to really get more flavor for this. And I thought watching the Hawkeye um, Legends clip was very interesting. Jarrett and Isaac, here are the things that were noted in that clip. They showed many clips from Black Widow. Really? Many clips. Five different clips from Black Widow. They showed the scene where Yelena Pugh's character is talking with her, and there's the shots on the wall. Farm they speed. talked about Budapest three different times from Avengers and, and, and um, Black Widow. They showed the post credit scene. They showed the scene where he talks with Wanda, and they showed like that whole scene with Wanda um, wow. where she, he's talking to her on the floating rock. There was just a lot of interesting stuff that they're like, hey, we want you to remember this about this character because it's going to pay off here. And so I just think the Natasha Romanoff storyline, this is where we're really going to see her death really pay dividends is in this show. And it's clear he's he's remorseful for her death. He clearly feels it is his fault still. And I cannot wait for Florence Pugh to engage him on the subject. I cannot wait. Uh, dude, I have so much to unpack with this. Yeah, I think I, I think it's interesting, and we'll talk too about the the MacGuffin in this, at least from the beginning, was the Ronin suit, right? And like his history as Ronin and all this. Um, I think there's going to be some version of the tape. Uh, in the Hawkeye run, there's a tape that shows Clint murdering a bunch of people, and the MacGuffin in that comic is they have to try to find the tape before the public releases it. I think we're going to see some version of that where Clint is in the Ronin suit, murdering a bunch of people, maybe tied to Budapest. And part of the MacGuffin of this is like, Clint cannot let that get out. And I think it has something to do with, with Natasha and the Black Widows. And somebody pointed out too, um, Echo is seen wearing all black leather in a red room. Um, I don't think she's a Black Widow, but it it's not out of the realm of possibility. That is exactly what I thought too, Jared. So let's not jump the gun. We got to get back. I know, back. I'm I sorry, but you asked me and I had to answer. No, I want to talk about Echo last because, Jared, you're stealing a talking point from me, dude. I have and we got this. This is the thing I've been waiting to talk to Isaac about because at, at Friendsgiving, he really referenced this. We get the live action role playing event. Oh my gosh. That's and so good. to say that the Marvel Cinematic Universe knows its audience well is an understatement because there are so many mouth breathers that love LARPing, that love the MCU. And we get this, and Isaac, just take it away. What were your thoughts on this scene? I don't want to talk about it. I want you to talk about it. Okay. So first of all, we get the sticker reference in, you know, he he goes to retrieve the Ronin suit. It's not there. Um, he has zero leads at that time, and it's crawling with, you know, PD, fire department, all that stuff. So he's like, all right, I got to get out of here. He sees the sticker. It's basically like NY LARPing or something like that. It says NY LARPing. LARP or something like that and he's like oh well I don't know so he looks it up finds out where it is they go to, he goes to the park it's live action role playing which for those of you who don't know it's literally people dressing up getting foam swords they actually live action role play like you've heard of Dungeons and Dragons this is live action they're playing it out in real time and I, I've actually done it like once before 
it's hilarious it's fun and it is wild so this whole time like i saw that and i was like oh that's that's kind of cool they made a little like side reference to it he goes to the park and we see all these people like fighting in their armor and their like foam swords and axes and stuff like that and i just started rolling and just I just laughed through this whole scene. It is fantastic. Like Jeremy Renner plays this scene perfectly. He goes in as as literally a normal guy who has no idea what LARPing is, which is, I would guess, you know, a good majority of the public probably. Uh, goes in and he's like, what is going on here? Like, this is this is bizarre. This is crazy. And they make him do the live action role playing to get to this guy who's got the Ronin suit. And he, he just, he's like, fine, let's do it. Let's get it over with. He goes in and he's like, you know, got all this obvious like martial arts and sword experience. So like he goes in, I'm sure thinking like, this is a piece of cake, like whatever it's going to, whatever. I, I'll just go get the suit. And the first scene you get is him walking through like, six or seven guys who are just like beating on him with these swords and he's just like what is happening right now it was oh my gosh uh jared i know you've you're like somewhat experienced with this so what were your thoughts on the whole larping i just thought it was hilarious like i've never done larping but i like this whole thing just like oh my god because you know like this is how this is how quote-unquote normal people view comic exactly yeah that's how it Uh, is like but like people love this stuff and like who am i to say that you know what i mean i i don't know i would probably try this if i had friends who did larping and they brought in one of my favorite comic book characters of all time is the guy who stole the suit gil and i'm like yes so good um gil is phenomenal and i'm the fact that they brought him in at all is the biggest surprise of this entire series um my favorite thing Gil constantly calls him Hawkeye, not Hawkeye, Hawk <laughs> yes. guy. Hawkeye. And he does it in this too. It's subtle, yep. but if you pay attention, oh, I love it. It's so good. Yep. And he, we know that he's going to be probably significant down the line because they had more than just an interaction. Like it was like, yeah, they, they shook him. hands. They like, they like, you know, interchanged like names and stuff like that. Clint literally says, call me Clint. Like there's, he's going to be in this show down the line. Like he's going to play a part in it somehow but man also if you're yeah go ahead i just like the whole larping bit was hilarious like just so funny and that that was much more um (laughs) severe or extreme larping than i've done before i literally when i did it i had a foam sword and we just went and like like Beat the crap basically out of beat the crap out of yeah. each other in the park is what it <laughs> what it came down to if you guys enjoyed this and you have disney plus go check out jeff goldblum what is oh it gosh. jeff goldblum explains the world according like to jeff goldblum oh yeah the world according to and go check out the larping yes, episode it is fantastic. really okay wow there you go it's fantastic no 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 we, we gotta keep we gotta keep going here okay uh after challenging duquesne to a fencing duel jerry you talked about this earlier you keep t- talking i know on i'm sorry points i'm bringing up here jerry you're killing me here um <laughs> She challenges him, and he lets her beat him. It's clear and obvious he's the man until the very end when he basically makes her lose the sword unwillingly with just a flick of the wrist. I mean, you had to be foaming at the mouth. I mean, how how sweaty were you over this? <laughs> the moment they said, um, I don't think we find out Jack's name right away. I think we find out uh, Armand Duquesne first, and I'm like, correct, I'm like, correct, yes. did they make this guy swordsman? I was like, he can't be. And then Jack shows up, and I'm like, Oh my gosh. And then this scene was so good because Kate Kate is a good swordsman. Like it's talked about throughout the comics. And she one of her idols was the swordsman. And so the fact that they brought that relationship or any form of that into this, and I'm like, oh, it was so good, man. Yeah, Such she's a good way for to do sure it. gonna be the one that has to fight him. Yeah. And I'm a okay with that. I think that's great. I think the echo tension is going to be more Hawkeye and obviously the Florence Pugh tension will be more Hawkeye as well. Right. Um, I, I guess I'm trying to mix it up because I think they're both Hawkeye. So I'm like Jeremy Hawkeye and you know, Steinfeld Hawkeye. That's how yes. I'm, I'm trying to differentiate. <laughs> um, and then Hawkeye allows himself to get captured by tracksuit mafia. And he, uh, 
<laughs> oh my gosh. That was a great scene. Keep me so bald, dude. It's so good. It's, so yeah, like that's what you're talking about with the roles reverse, though. Like, it's, in, it's in the so comics, that would have been exact funny. opposite roles reverse. Like, Clint. like, Clint. Like, yeah, Clint would have just fell through yeah. the scene, like, oh crap. Like, oh man. Ugh. Would have been still. It was perfect, though. But I think it, I, I think the rule that the MCU is working with, which I can respect and agree with, is the original six are bigger than everything else. They and and it looks like even like even the Spider Man uh, No Way Home promos, where it appears that the Statue of Liberty now is holding Captain America's shield. If you're one of those six, you're not buying your meal. It doesn't matter who the next person in line is. That's the original six. That's who saved the day. And I think they to to not deviate from that rule, they have to make Hawkeye still very very not um because he's a he's a he's just a guy, which is what makes fractions run so amazing, Jared. Right. But he has to be still somewhat skilled and unbeatable. Maybe is the phrase I'm looking for. Yeah. And so this is where it's really just a great tension with her, Isaac. This is the funniest scene of the whole two shows. We haven't even talked really much about Lucky, and we're not really going to get to, I think. But aside from her and Lu- aside from Lucky, this is the stuff I'm here for. If this is the tension of these two just falling down and trying <laughs> to get through fights and somehow winning, I'm the, all in. The I'm dialogue with in. him and the the tracksuit guy who's like getting so upset. Oh my about gosh, the that was amazing. I was ro- dude. That was so good. Oh my gosh. When he's like, he's being sarcastic. Yeah. Yeah. Who's your boss? He takes it off and he's like, No, are you the boss? I mean, the the literal version of the, the tracksuit mafia that we're getting in the show oh, is again, so it's so perfect. Like they're hilarious in the comics and they are translating very well to the live screen. Like I I cannot wait to see more of these guys. All right. Now, Jarrett, let's talk about Maya Lopez, who's portrayed by Aluka Cox. She's known as Echo. She's a deaf Native American leader of the tracksuit mafia in the show, at least, who can perfectly imitate others' movements. Can you talk about her character to those that are not familiar with her and are tuning in to find more insight about her? What can you tell us about her? And obviously, we found out she's getting a show down the line anyway in Disney+, Plus, which is a great move in both of our opinion, but tell our audience why. So she's tied into so much, the character that is. Um she is a daredevil villain. She was raised by Wilson Fisk, of all people. Um, she has connections to Ronan. Uh, she actually was Ronan before. Um, or I can't remember how the timeline goes, but she was Roman for a time. Or Ronan for a time. She also is in a major Moon Knight run. Probably the worst Moon Knight run, but she has ties to Moon Knight as well. Like, with everything that they're setting up in the MCU... This is perfect. This is a perfect connection, perfect character, perfect casting. And well, the she fact- was sent by Kingpin originally. And then, like, to get back to what we talked about at the beginning, it feels like he's going to be in it. That is Wilson Fisk's adopted daughter, like 100%. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and they obviously do, like, sort of a Red Room thing. I don't know if that's coincidence. I don't want to get too Mephisto on this, but it does feel like maybe a connection to that. Um, wait, wait, you said Mephisto is, is she going to be Mephisto's confirmed. daughter? Yeah, in she's this? Mephisto confirmed. Oh, okay. Yep. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> but no, like obviously I'm, I'm jazzed for the character just out the get out the gate. But the fact that they took the time to find, uh, I believe she's Menominee and I can't remember what her other tribal affiliation is, but she's an indigenous actress. She is actually deaf, um, which Marvel's been doing this. Obviously, they did it with Eternals. Fantastic. Um, and she has a prosthetic leg. Like, they're doing a lot to say that representation matters to them going forward. Um, something that they have not always done great at, but they've continued to improve and improve. Like, oh my gosh. I I, I tweeted about this, and I'm going to stand by this 100%. This is the hill that I will die on. Jarrett, real quick, just for clarification yes. on those that are wondering, she is Menominee and Mohican Nation. That's right. I knew she was Menominee. From Keshina, Wisconsin. Kashina. Kashina, forgive me. Yes. Or, um, so I think she is going to be a household name. And I don't know if that's my personal bias, but I am excited to see what she does. Because in the, the two minutes that, maybe not even that, that we got, like... She owned the scene. Like you could tell that this is somebody that they do not want to be messing with. Um, 
and she hasn't done anything yet. So yeah, yeah she feels I'm, very I'm, sinister oof. and very bigger than life, and feels like a threat to everybody involved in this show. And the tracksuit mafia, although they are funny and comical and sheepish and goofy, sheepish maybe not the word, clumsy and goofy. She is intimidating, powerful, strong. And Echo as a character is a great comic book character, but not a well-known character. And that's the the choice they're making here, Jarrett, with some of these characters. They're going with Black Captain America. They're going with Echo. They're going with Miss Marvel. They're going with some of these lesser-known characters. And they're kind of trying to propel them in hopes that probably one for them to help those comic book runs that didn't make so much money that should have. But also, you nailed it, Jarrett. I mean, Black Panther and Shang-Chi. I mean, people went bananas for these shows especially if they had any ties culturally to the character. And so I'm with you, Jared. Nobody out of our Infinity Bros group, you're the closest to native culture that we can get. And I just, I have a very hard time wrapping my head around people of native descent, not getting excited about this and having representation on the big screen. Obviously, I don't think we talked about reservation dogs much on here. We may have hit it in passing, but like that was a cultural phenomenon. Obviously you have a Lacrocox as Echo. And then we also have, and I'm totally blanking on her name, but the newest Predator movie is cast with an indigenous actress who's actually from the reservation that I live on. She's enrolled here. She didn't grow up here, but she is enrolled. And so the fact that like these native stories are becoming more and more forefront is important, right? Like this stuff matters. We saw the success of Black Panther. We saw the success of Shang-Chi. Like it's time that these... Uh, minority-led projects get the spotlight. And I think her being an actual native actress playing a native part is important. Let's talk about uh, predictions moving forward and close this one out. We're at an hour, so I want to make sure we honor everybody's time. Uh, percentage chances, let's talk about them. Uh, Wilson Fisk, percentage chance he shows up, Isaac. I mean, with all the stuff we've been hearing, I would... F- find it hard to believe that he doesn't get referenced at least and he he's got it he's got to be in it i'd say like 75 percent chance he's in it jared um i've been hurt before by wanda <laughs> uh wandavision i'm gonna say 50 50 as much as i like hope and wishful thinking and however many connections there are to this We've been juked before and had the dumbest excuses made for it. I think they could do it again and just treat us like idiots for this. Also, another note, Vincent D'Onofrio has been very outspoken about he wants to keep playing Kingpin. He actually retweeted that tweet that I referenced and said something kind of like, yeah, that would be awesome if Kingpin was in it. Like, he says stuff like that all the time, so it's it's the not confirmation, reason- but still, like... Yeah, I'm going to I'm just going to step in. The only reason I'm saying he's got to be in this is because of Matt Murdock's rumors with Spider-Man no right. Way Home. Yeah. It just feels like this is like them just like going, "Hey, you need to watch the shows to really get more out of the movies." And this is their way of saying that. And again, Jared, anybody who's listened to our show before this episode knows how I feel about WandaVision. I just think I just think there's I'm going to go 95%. I'm going to only keep the 5% because of how how little I feel because of WandaVision. I'm only keeping 5% because of WandaVision. I just have a very strong inkling with Echo, with the Matt Murdock rumors, with the Easter eggs we've seen and heard, and with the Defenders are going to need probably some Avenger to be part of them. That's not Doctor Strange, so they can be straight level. Hawkeye feels like the the shoe in to me. It just she feels like the shoe in to me. Haley Steinfeld's Josh. Uh, we should Hawkeye. call so we should call Jeremy Renner it. Hot Guy, and then Haley Steinfeld yeah, Hawkeye. We should. Yeah. That's actually Hawkeye. That's actually Hawkeye. brilliant. Um, because you can when, hear the difference in podcast medium. How will how will Florence Pugh show up in this, Isaac? Oh boy, how? That's a great question. Um. I think she's probably going to be a wild card in one of the later episodes as hunting down Jeremy Renner. I mean, we saw that she probably believes that he has is the cause for Natasha's death in the Black Widow uh, post-credit scene. 
So, I mean, I would assume that she's going to show up at some point trying to hunt him down in New York City. So that's all I've got. I don't. I would assume it'd be a later episode, but who knows? Yeah, I think she's. I think she's a hundred percent in this. I think it's like an act three thing. I think she comes in at the final hour and she's like the obstacle that's keeping them from whatever they need to do at the end. IMDb's IMDb is saying it's four episodes. Those guys, like, I mean, IMDb doesn't know everything, right? They're not the end all be all here, but like four episodes is a huge credit. Yeah, she's got to be in it more than this. Yeah, that would, I mean, now if it's six episodes long, that would be next episode she's going to show up. So she has to come at the worst possible time. Yeah, and and I mean, eventually, like she's going to see that you know uh, Clint wasn't the reason that Natasha died. So she's gonna, you know, Clint is going to somehow convince her of that. So I mean, she's gonna no, be. No, he is not. He's gonna agree with her. Well, yeah, but yeah, she's I'm gonna see. Max, I think Max is. Right. She's gonna yes, agreed, but she's gonna see what actually happened. Like, and she's not gonna she's not gonna keep trying to fight him after that. You, I firmly disagree. I think I think this show is gonna flirt with the idea of once I'm done with this, put me down. And you think once she I'm actually done with will? Helping this girl put me down. No, I don't think she will. But I'm saying that's gonna be the tension with Clint is the overwhelming guilt for for Natasha's death and going back to his family. I agree. That's gonna, tension is gonna be there, but there's got to be resolution before this show is done because. Jeremy Renner, I don't believe is going to be in like further projects. Like I, I uh, he'll be he'll be in something in the future. I think he I think he dies and comes back in uh uh not secret or um secret invasion. I want to say secret of yeah. Thank you. I think he dies and comes back in secret invasion. They need, but that's well, like that's yeah, my tinfoil hat. <laughs> yeah, Jerry, you're you're stealing another talking point. Thanks so much. They need they need him for that run. I I'm saying they need him for. I think he's going to be a huge piece of secret secret invasion because somebody in the Avengers has to be a scroll. Yeah. Somebody has to be a scroll and he's the only logical choice in the context of who we have left. That, I mean, that opens up so there. much. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't think we're getting in the weeds. We got to We got to We got to yeah. go through. We're getting in the weeds. I don't want to get too deep in the weeds. Um, final thing is, will Haley Steinfeld join the Avengers at the end of this as Hawkeye? Yeah, I don't think the real Avengers know. I think she's going to end up joining the whatever. I mean, we've referenced the Young Avengers on multiple occasions. I think there's going to be a group of like Young Avengers that are going to form as opposed to the Avengers. And I think she'll be either maybe even be the head of that group. I don't know. The Young Avengers slash champions roster at this point is getting out of hand. <laughs> like they've, they've arguably yeah. added too many people to this. But No, I, I, I'm in the camp, Jarrett, that I think all the Avengers are going to get snatched up by Kang. Yeah. And it's going to be Loki Ooh. having to lead this young Avengers group. Oh, and my gosh. They're going to be like... And, and that is, that's how you really work with this. That would be and sick. That just, really, that just really leads everything into it. I'm, and I'm, it allows... I'm completely down for that. But it also allows guys... But it also allows guys like uh, uh, Anthony Mackie's Falcon um, slash Captain. Cool America. me off. I got something. Other stuff. Cooking go ahead, here. Real quick. Go ahead. Okay. We got to close out after that. Uh, uh, Loki leads the Young Avengers for a time, disguised as um, uh, 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 I, I keep wanting to say Black Widow, um, Scarlet Witch. He's disguised as Scarlet Witch because obviously her two sons are on there. And the way that they find out that it's not actually Scarlet Witch is Clint kisses her and finds out that it's Loki. And that it's so, it is the wildest thing that happens. But I'm like, yeah, obviously, yep. I don't think they're going to do that. I can't but. wait for Tom Hiddleston to, to kiss uh, Jeremy Renner on screen. This is going to be great. It's, it's, I don't think that's going to happen. But the pieces no, are there to connect the way, all the way these they things. were talking about Loki being non binary. Yeah. And, uh, in the paperwork. So, well, that is our recap of episodes one and two of Hawkeye. You can check that out on Disney Plus right now. It is available. And if you got to this point listening to what we just talked about and you haven't watched it, shame on you. There's and read a comic saying. book, you nerds. Read a book. Read a book. Uh, you can also check out our reviews of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and um, Loki in our show notes as well. I do not recommend you go back and watch Black, um, excuse me, uh, WandaVision. We do, but Max doesn't. Never, do. ever Max watch doesn't. it again. I would recommend you never watch it. So, uh, but uh, uh, Isaac, it was great to see you again, and uh, happy Thanksgiving. I hope you enjoy your weekend without the kids. My pleasure. Thank you very much. I will.
I'm, I'm sure it is your pleasure. And Jared, uh, just, you know, hydrate, get sleep, take care of your family. We have four long weeks ahead of us before right. we get to the final episode of this. You can do it. Stay strong. I'm running off of just like pots and pots of coffee. I haven't slept in three days. Um, I have a... I have a Mark-esque wall of yeah. just strings and yeah, pictures. He's, Jared is like Charlie Day with like a picture of Hawkeye in the middle, and he's got all these like red like strings all over the place, and it's just like going crazy right now. He's on the moon, wanna, guys! <laughs> if you want to have conversations with Jared, Isaac, myself, or any other of the Infinity Bros, you can come check out our Discord channel. Follow us up, follow up with us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check out our website. Shoot us an email, all that stuff. If you got the itch to Twitch, come check us out on gaming. We do... Pokemon card packs and we play games and we're going to start picking up Halo. It's going to be great. So you don't want to miss a lot of the content we're making. Also, if you haven't heard, we went viral on TikTok this last weekend. So uh, make sure you check out our newest TikTok. Apparently, like we are very like popular now. So like, you know, just you like, guys are really good at falling asleep. We're, like, I guess. Really big at TikTok. Yeah. Now, yeah. So. Good but uh, we love you guys 3000 and uh, we will talk to you soon. See ya. Bye. 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 Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>